0: Hello and welcome to Fundamentals, the podcast that explores pop culture one conversation at a time. I am your host, Harley. On this episode, I'm joined by a returning guest of the podcast. She is co-host of Let's Jaws for a Minute. It's Sarah Buddery. Sarah was kind enough to come back on the podcast and bring with her a truly fascinating and legendary musical topic in the form of Pink Floyd. In this discussion, we get to find out where Sarah's obsession began the various albums and stages that the band went through, their breakup, seeing some of your heroes live, and so much more. This was an absolute delight, and I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. So with all that said, let's just get to it. This is Pink Floyd with Sarah Buttery. Hello, Sarah, and welcome back to the Fundamentals Podcast.
1: Hey, thank you so much for uh, letting me come back. I think I invited myself this time, so
0: that's it. (laughs) Thanks for letting me. Oh, that's my (laughs) favorite. That's my favorite kind of guest, Sarah. The person that just says, "Can I come on?" Absolutely, you can. Especially when you bring a topic like Pink Floyd. I'm not going to say no.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I was just like, I don't know what it was that I was like, I. I Branching out into things I'm talking about on podcasts. So it's not just Jaws. I'm like, there's a lot of things that I'm very, very passionate about. And I was like, who will let me come and talk about one of my favorite bands for for about an hour? And then I was like, I know. (laughs) I know just the guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. You've definitely called that one correctly. Yeah. So I'm really thrilled. And I was so surprised actually. I don't know why, because I think about this. I'm like, music taste is just one of those things, right? It's so unique to each person. And And everyone can just surprise you with what they like. So, Mm. yeah, I I never really thought about your (laughs) musical taste because, as you say, our previous interactions have always been film based. So I feel like I've got Sarah pegged on that one. So, when you (laughs) threw this to me, I was like, oh, an interesting curveball. Let's explore. It
1: is a bit of a a a curveball, to be honest. For a lot of people, they think (laughs) when I say the kind of music I like, people are like, oh.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm really intrigued so I guess to kick us off I want to know yeah when where did this come from what was the origin of your Pink Floyd obsession
1: yeah so I don't know if this is the case for everyone but I feel like for a lot of people their taste in music is kind of shaped by the people around them so whether that's friends family yeah. whatever so a lot of stuff gets kind of like passed down from you know parents usually kind of the stuff that they listen to uh that was not the case with, <laughs> with pink floyd um but i got that my sort of love for pink floyd from a couple of places so my my brother my older brother um was instrumental i think in shaping a lot of my taste uh my taste in music and i have uh, two uncles as well on my mum's side of the family uh big into music as well and and they loved pink floyd when they were younger so i think it started <laughs> even though there's that kind of family connection, I was talking about this with my brother. Cause I was like, we need to retrace our steps here and, and work out like when I first started liking them. Um, and he has a much better mm-hmm. memory than me. And he mentioned these, uh, compilation albums. They came out in the nineties, I think on CD. That's how old this is. Uh, <laughs> they were like, <laughs> I think they were called the best air guitar album in the world. Dot, dot, dot ever. Um, bold claim right. i know and um they, right. <laughs> it was in like three volumes and these C- these cds so i found the whole three cd collection as a playlist on spotify earlier so what a thrill that mm-hmm. was because i don't think you can buy the <laughs> cds anymore and um it's just all sort of like great kind of like classic rock songs guitar music obviously as as you would expect and on one of those volumes i think it was volume two uh was another brick in the wall part two so that was the first pink floyd song i ever heard and a lot of the songs on these kind of compilation albums as me and through my brother as well were sort of discovering the music that i liked we would sort of hear one track on one of these compilation albums and then be like oh i'm curious let me like delve into the back catalog a little bit." Um, but I was, I think, quite early into my my love of Pink Floyd. I was around twelve or thirteen, um, which always surprises people because it's not the sort of music a twelve or thirteen year old is usually listening to, especially not in like the early noughties or whatever it was that I first <laughs> started getting into them. But mm. um, yeah, yeah, I just wasn't. Uh, didn't like listening to all the stuff that that kind of friends and stuff were listening to the stuff that was in the charts and i just was uh yeah wanting to sort of branch out a bit further than that i mean not to get like too heavy too early but was bullied quite a bit at school as well so sort of like just to fit in i'd kind of be like i'll just listen to what everyone else is listening to but then like in secret at home Mm. i'm listening to like pink floyd and led zeppelin with my brother (laughs) but just not wanting to let on because i was like i just need to fit in and you know not give people a reason to pick on me even more so let me just keep that side of things secret so yeah i didn't sort Mm. of like let that other side or the the real music that i loved and was listening to at home uh didn't sort of like go public <laughs> that until like a few <laughs> years after that so it sounds so stupid now doesn't it we're, you do dumb things when you're younger right
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i was yeah i i was quite happy I, I was quite fortunate i think in having friends that i could just say yeah this is what i like and they were like yeah whatever it wasn't yeah. you know, that much of a surprise and i was kind of known as being the rock and metal guy yeah um, Probably, probably to a fault, to be fair. <laughs> but you're, but you're right in that, yeah. That kids can just pick on you for stuff. I remember some kids saying things to me about when I said I like Metallica or whatever, and I just think, okay, who cares? Like, like yeah. what you like, does it really matter? So sorry you went through that, Sarah. I think yeah, yeah kids, kids, kids can be jerks. That's for yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it didn't stop me. Didn't stop me loving what I love. So. No, and nor <laughs> should
0: it. And as you said that, I just had a quick little. Side Google. Do I have to come up with a side Google jingle? I don't know. I might think about that. Sneaky Google. Yes. Um, sneaky Google jingle, maybe. Um, anyway. I love creating more work for myself, don't I? I'm just having a look because you can get these CDs on Amazon. Uh, you can get the whole collection for like 18 quid. And I'm just having a look at what songs are on there as it gives you a list. Good tastes, I have to say.
1: Banger and after
0: banger. Yeah. I mean... It's just, like, the one you mentioned earlier, right? So, no, Air Guitar 2. Yeah, it has, Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, it's a Pink Floyd song. It's, yeah, another Brick in the Wall Part 2 is on here. But you've also got Prison Walkways. You've got Gary Moore. You've got stuff like Buddy Holly on here Mm -hmm. as well. You've got My Sharona. You've got Cream. You've got The Who. You've got, like, a whole bunch of Thin Lizzy. It's it's a bit all over the shop, even like Def Leppard. So, it's kind of... Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm, what a cover. There's so <laughs> many. <laughs> it's just all this stuff, but it's such a strange mix of, like, what you I would say is, like, perhaps the modern sound when that came out, you know, like the mm. new metal stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you've got all the classics right the way back to, like, the 60s. And, yeah, so quite a foundation for you to have <laughs> there, Sarah, for sure. And Pink Floyd can fit in quite nicely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I they have great guitar solos but i never sort of think of them as like an air guitar band i don't know i always sort of think of like the hair Mm. metal bands when you're when you're thinking about air guitar but i mean that that's just what they call that album but yeah i can Mm. i can trace back so much of my current taste in music to like those (laughs) albums they were very influential in in my life it was a real joy to uh well, find out that the whole playlist of all three of them is on Spotify earlier as well. So I was... Uh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. sweet. Okay. You know I'm going to be listening to you this week as well as Pink Floyd.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I sent the link to my, to my brother and I was just like ready for some nostalgia, like sent him the whole link. And he was like, well, that's me today then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And what a good older brother as well, introducing you to some... Uh, some absolute classics. That's brilliant.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I guess from
0: there then, yeah, that's like, that was one of the bands in the air you see gravitated to. Mm-hmm. and Did you just sort of do the deep dive then and just as and when you could like, get hold of an album and just sit with it?
1: Yeah. So I uh, don't know if this was obvious about me already, but I'm a massive nerd. So when I am like <laughs> into something, I'm really, in, really into it. I think <laughs> people know that to be true of me um but Mm -hmm. so i think it was yeah so we started with the with the air guitar compilations and then i think it was 2004 ish um that i started listening to some whole albums so between me and Mm -hmm. my brother we had dark side of the moon wish you were here and the wall which i i guess are kind of like the most well-known three albums from them so we listened to those obviously my tiny little mind was blown uh because those as albums are just incredible i mean what a (laughs) what a way to Mm -hmm. start right um and then because i'm such a completist and also a massive nerd every month like when i got my pocket money so i used to get like five pounds from my nan and five pounds from from my parents um every month so that was 10 pounds and i would go out and i would go to hmv or our price or whatever other cd places they used to have in the noughties and um mm-hmm. i would get uh one of their albums like every single month so it became this like big thing where it like obviously it took me a, a fair while to collect all of them um to the point where like i then had all of their albums um again this was on this was on cd um and i yeah. would look forward to like end of the month getting my pocket money and going and buying like the next Pink Floyd C T, and I told you I'm a nerd.
0: <laughs> well, as someone who hosts a minute-by-minute breakdown of one of the greatest films of all time, not surprised, Sarah, yeah. but also <laughs> can heavily relate because I think I even said this yeah recently with Petros, we talk about Steely Dan. Like I'm working my way through that because I do the same thing when mm-hmm. I get into an artist, I'm like, I want to listen to everything. So I will be doing the same with Pink Floyd, yeah. don't you worry. <laughs> but I the reason I ask about it is because i i'm sort of the same age as you and like i feel like yeah we were in that generation where like as you say cds were still around mps mm-hmm. and ipods did come about later but yeah i can remember doing something similar of like yeah saving up your pocket money to be like i'm gonna buy this one album mm-hmm. this is all i've got for a month or two mm-hmm. months or however long and you just sit with that thing don't you for yeah. weeks and weeks just digesting it and it's something i know a few people talk about um even shout out to a friend of the show Mark Woodjet talks about this all the time with his musical guests about the disposability of music now mm, and it, mm-hmm. and it's true like it where it's shifted right but I think there's something really formative about that and I I think it's fascinating I want to dive into this with you that you had that experience but with a band that is so just complex and mm-hmm. dense you know they're really like the first sort of one of the first prog rock bands out there so Yeah. What was that journey like for you then just picking up those different albums and going through and are any that sort of stand out to you as being like particular I guess yeah memorable moments?
1: Yeah I I can remember the first the very very first time I listened to Dark Side of the Moon. I don't know if it was Mm -hmm. with my brother or he had just listened to it and he was like you've got to listen to this album and i was like okay so mm-hmm. i remember just like putting like my i think i had my little i had a little walkman um uh it was blue and i used to put my little headphone my little headphones in listen to my walkman <laughs> um with my cds in there and i used to have one of those big like wallet things i used to keep all my cds in as well so yeah, that i could I had, take yeah. my entire music collection uh, with yep. me on holiday and stuff.
0: Did, did the exact same thing yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and I remember just listening to this to this album and just being like oh my goodness this is as amazing as everyone says because people talk about Dark Side of the Moon being like one of the greatest albums ever made and when mm. someone says that you're kind of like all right maybe it is maybe it isn't mm. and then you listen to it and you're like no it it really is <laughs> it really is as good as people say um and yeah it was it, listening to sort of those three albums first so dark side wish you were here and and the wall just being so engrossed in the idea of like a concept album as well um and concept albums like still get made it's not a new thing pink floyd didn't invent it um but an album that tells a story and is a complete experience like beginning to end when the other music that i was being exposed to at school and through friends and stuff was just whatever was in like the top 10 charts or whatever Mm. that week whatever the kind of popular song was that was being played on the radio that was just like one song but pink void was never like just oh i'll just listen to this one track it was the first band where i was like no i have to listen to this whole thing because it's not just like one great song here or one great song there listening to their album is like is an experience i don't know if that sounds like <laughs> stupid to say but it's like it <laughs> really is like it's tr- like feels like transformative like i just remember mm. listening to those albums for the first time and being like holy <laughs> d- like th- th- this is incredible <laughs> it opened my opened my eyes completely to music being something other than just like catchy songs it was like oh right music can do what films do as well and i've always loved films it was like they can tell stories they can have like complete and complex narratives and that can be done in like a song form so that was just like truly truly (laughs) mind-blowing for like little little teenage me
0: (laughs) yeah i'm just sat here with like the biggest grin on my face because i'm just (laughs) like couldn't agree more and it's it, it, literally, you've taken words out of my mouth, honestly. This is like, you sound, I can relate to you basically, Sarah. Like, <laughs> I have this conversation with people quite often mm-hmm. when it comes to music and bands that I love. And, and I must say, again, Pink Floyd will get this treatment from me now. I'm going to give them the res I've, I've, I love them. I love this album mm-hmm. in particular, but beyond that, yeah, there's, I'm not too familiar. But I, I agree with everything you're saying, basically. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly right. A good album, concept album, especially. Oh, it's so good if you, mm-hmm. if someone nails it, and it's exactly it's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's the idea of telling a story with music is just something that it blows my mind mm-hmm. that people can do that. And like you yeah. say, they can do it this well. And funny enough, I, um, like I was chatting to my cousin the other day on the phone, and he was he's got into vinyl, and obviously mm-hmm. with vinyl, right, it feels like going a little bit back to what we were talking about a second ago, where you you buy the album, you save it because they're expensive, mm-hmm. but he was saying to me, like, yeah, he went and got this album. I had that exact thought of, oh, is it really as good as everyone says? It's like, well, it was on an offer. I'll buy it. I'll put it on. He's like, oh, no, this is one of the greatest <laughs> albums ever made. Like, sometimes they just are. Sometimes yeah. it is just that good. And yeah, another friend of mine, uh, Will's, got into vinyl. And the same thing. Went out mm-hmm. shopping with him, picked up another one of Pink Floyd's albums. And he was telling me, he said, that's one of the best things you can do if mm-hmm. you want to Buy an album that you actually want to sit with and enjoy," he so said. "You can't you can't go wrong with Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. so there you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the the Division Bell was the one he bought. By the way, I don't know if what you think of that one.
1: Okay, yeah, it's alright. That's in the sort of like later stuff because obviously is their later like stuff, yeah. post the Wall there was divisions, pun intended, mm-hmm. I guess, um, within the band. <laughs> so like <laughs> the three the three that sort of were left like the the sound changed a little bit i don't love the later stuff as much as the kind of like okay. that peak middle bit um but i do love the very like early wacky psychedelic stuff as well um mm. solo stuff i honestly when i say i am a nerd with this i have listened to everything <laughs> like a <at> peak <laughs> obsession when i was younger I remember mm-hmm. just being like, okay, so I've got all of the the Pink Floyd albums now. Like, what next? And then I discovered that pretty much all of them had had solo careers. So I was like, okay, then.
0: Yep. <laughs> On we go. <laughs> That's me for the next couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> so um, which other ones stand out to you then? Because I'm i not too familiar with the band's history. I do know they split up. I know mm-hmm. that much. And it gets a bit confusing as to who's doing what these days. Um, But yeah, yeah. so it was up to the wall. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a lot of albums up till then in fairness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've been going they've been going for Ooh, okay. They've been going for about 10 or so years. Do you know what, Sarah? This plays into a funny <laughs> um I don't know, trope or just maybe it's a coincidence. No, pattern maybe mm-hmm. is the word I'm looking for. Of every time I talk about bands that hit it big that come up with like defining albums that get millions of fans around the world. There seems to be like a shelf life of about 10 years with these guys before Mm -hmm. they inevitably break up. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of fascinated to see that these guys fit into that as well. I find that really interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean like a lot of, well, lineup changes even, even prior to that, because the first, right. The first two albums um, have got Sid Barrett on them, who was sort of original vocalist songwriter yeah um, guitar player and then he um sort of famously was had a a bit of a yeah quite a lot of a breakdown actually and sort of became mm. a recluse and just went away from the spotlight completely um and the band then kind of carried on carried on without him and that was when they sort of released the stuff that they are best known for but they they had a between like a saucer full of secrets and I guess, metal ish era um there's there's some up and down like some of those albums are Mm -hmm. a bit out there i was listening to um atom heart mother um which came out in 1970 i think i was listening to that early Mm -hmm. just because i haven't listened to it for a very very long time and i was like some of this is very (laughs) it's very experimental and i don't know if it's good experimental. (laughs) like i (laughs) okay i feel like it's important with a band like even one i love as much as pink floyd to acknowledge that there are some weaker albums and weaker songs i think if anyone Mm. says a band's entire output is flawless i think they're either lying or they haven't listened to everything um because i i i'm not one of these like i will absolutely defend this band and say that everything they've ever made is good because i think some of the stuff is is not as good as,
0: <laughs> but mm. that's
1: okay. Like not every album can can be Dark Side of the Moon. So,
0: <laughs> no, no, I suppose not. Not for that. <laughs> no, I mean that's a pretty high bar to set for yourself as well. Let's be honest. It
1: is, although it's not actually my my, my favorite uh Pink Floyd album is Wish You Were Here. So just to be uh, just to uh, okay. be a bit left okay. field.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that is necessarily left field. I mean, it's a shorter album, but. I mean the title track alone is just incredible it's my so, fav- my favorite song
1: of all time. yes like yeah. and you know sometimes you know people are like, What's your favorite song ever?" And people are just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah <laughs> like'cause it's a really hard question to answer like i that's my mm. go to, and it has been since two thousand and four. I don't think that will ever
0: change <laughs> what what exactly about it um makes it your favorite then?
1: Oh, the album or the song i mean i can yeah, I can both, do both. why not <laughs> yeah. um the song i just think is so beautiful like lyrically musically mm. everything it's also i mean that whole album is kind of a, about sid barrett as well um to an extent um so it's this sort of like after they've just had like dark side of the moon and sort of the you know peak of popularity or sort of at least at at the time and then wish you were here follows after that and it's much more melancholic and it's kind of looking back on the person who was there in the beginning so it's got this really like just yeah Mm. like beautiful melancholy tone to it that i just think is so great it just really spoke to me like when i listened to it for the first time and i was no, I don't like to be the person who's like, oh, I, I know, I don't pick the most popular album. Because if the most popular album is the best album, then that's fine. Like, you don't, you don't just have to give something else just to, like, just to sound cool. Yeah, but yeah. I do think that Wish You Were Here was probably the first Pink Floyd album I listened to, like, beginning to end. I think I listened to it before mm. I listened to Dark Side of the Moon because that was when me and my brother were, like, sharing okay. CDs. So he's he's got yeah, Dark yeah. Side of the Moon in his Walkman and I've got Wish You Were Here in mine and we
0: swap. <laughs> yeah nice no i like i like that yeah because um like you say it's it's just short to the point but Mm -hmm. the fact that it is a deeply deeply personal album from what you're saying that's like yeah i could see where that resonates Mm -hmm. i mean again i'm really really familiar with the title track and i think it's an absolutely stunning piece of work um Mm -hmm. obviously as a guitarist i pick up on all of that so i'm just like yeah you yeah. know, David Gilmore just putting the rest of us to shame. But there you go. <laughs>
1: how uh, how familiar are you with them Shine On You Crazy Diamond, both parts that sort of um, that album? Again,
0: I I can't say I am that familiar. I I, have, I was listening to it actually, listening to them just before mm-hmm. we hopped on this call, and that was just about to come up next on my queue. So, right, so <laughs> I'm going to have to so go back good. and listen.
1: And like considering mm-hmm. that I am the person with the world's shortest attention span, like some of their songs are are long. <laughs> like normally you see like a 20 minute long song on an album and you just feel quite intimidated by it because you know it's just going to be a lot of like noodling Mm -hmm. about and (laughs) not very interesting stuff and there is a lot of that in the prog genre um Mm -hmm. but yeah both like bookending that album with like the two shine on You crazy diamond parts are just oh it's real chef's kiss so good i can't wait for you to listen to the whole album it's great
0: I will. That'll probably be the first one I'll give a listen to then on my queue because I'm going to go through the lot. Um, Weirdly, (laughs) an album that I do know um, and I don't think many people would, Obscured by Clouds.
1: (laughs) Such a good album. It's very underrated. great. That and medal are some of my favourites.
0: I got it because um, in my previous job I used to work in uh, in storage so people Mm -hmm. learn more about me every episode. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And this customer was like, basically emptying out this unit and had some CDs that he didn't want anymore Mm -hmm. or something. So yeah, this was in the pile. And I thought, oh, Pink Floyd album. All right, (laughs) yeah, I'll chuck it on. And I was sort of uh, leafing through like the little pamphlet that came with it and explained that I think it's a concept album Mm -hmm. based on journeys through the rainforest and stuff. And when you sort of listen to it, you're like, oh yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, And it's just, (laughs) yeah, weirdly, I get it. And it was just, it was a very strange but enjoyable experience. Like you say, mm. I could—I can totally see why it's an underrated album for sure. But And the fact that it comes just before Dark Side of the Moon, like an, a year before, you can kind of see them almost like warming up to yeah. Dark Side of the Moon. Like they're getting quite experimental and trying all sorts of things. And there's all sorts of strange, wonderful sounds that they're throwing mm. in and playing mm. with.
1: Because uh, because I'm me obviously, and I uh, set these insane challenges for myself. Like listening to the <laughs> <laughs> listening to the albums like chronologically, I try and do it like at least once a year. So I start like from the beginning mm-hmm. and I work my way through, and it's so yep. fascinating. I think particularly in the lead up to Dark Side of the Moon, and then sort of in the lead up to the Wall, as this, I guess mm-hmm. you could consider those like the benchmarks, or like they're generally the albums people know know the, the best. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah you can just you can hear the sounds of like of those albums forming um and i love Mm. that i love i mean as i did with my disney podcast and then going minute minute by minute through jaws i love seeing like the progression of something i love seeing something like how something started out and then where it where it ends up and there's so Mm -hmm. much of like particularly on Obscured by clouds and metal you can hear so much of what will become dark side of the moon it's so interesting to listen to and um i was listening to animals as i was driving home um Mm -hmm. and the the two pigs on the wing part so part one and part two they sound Mm -hmm. like they could be tracks on on the wall and i think that they did kind of like borrow a little bit from (laughs) from themselves as well and like Mm. even though they so belong in the concept of that particular album because it's about animal farm by george Orwell. um yeah they sound like musically like they could find a home on the wall as well so y- knowing that comes next you go oh yeah that that makes sense um mm. and even though it's not my favorite album the final cut kind of feels like it's a bit of an epilogue to the wall because it's like similar thematically in terms of um it's mostly about roger water's kind of talking about his his dad and the war, and you get a bit of mm. that on on the wall but it sort of like goes into that um i would argue in a slightly more self-indulgent way <laughs> it's not my okay. favorite album um but yeah listening mm. to those i prefer it as an album when i listen to it like immediately after the wall because it kind of like it leads into it nicely okay it's just not as a, it doesn't feel as complete a package as the wall does which is again one of the greatest albums of all time <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you just say Another Brick in the Wall, part two, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I say it, by the way, because I think most people don't know, mm-hmm. including myself until not that long ago. And then Comfortably <laughs> Numb as well, which is just one of the greatest songs ever written, especially from yeah. a guitarist point of view. Again, it's you listen to it and you just go, why do I bother? <laughs> What's
1: the point? <laughs> that guitar solo, like every single time, I'm just like, what gave Dave Gilmore the right the audacity the temerity yeah. to be that good like it's just it's it's not fair and i'm not even a musician so i you know i don't take it personally but kind of do <laughs> Not, <fair>. not <laughs> it's fair,
0: Sarah, honestly. Just not
1: fair but yeah like actually I um, just
0: hear it yeah. it's funny Go you mentioned
1: um another brick in the wall like because that pink Floyd didn't really do that many singles um but that was one of their kind of like hit singles if you will um, mm. And so many people know that song and it's, it's hook, you know, the the kids singing, like, we don't need no education and Hey teacher, leave them kids mm. alone and everything. And obviously like, it's a great song uh, on its own, but like you take it outside of the wall and it's just like, Hey teacher, leave them kids alone. But like the track before that one on the wall is mm. called the happiest days of our lives. And that tells you what the teacher actually does. <laughs> so like you take it right. out of the album mm. and it's, it's still a great song because i think a great song is a great song but it's interesting mm-hmm. like listening to it in the context of the album and then outside of the album as well it's the same with comfortably numb as well it's completely different listening to it as part of the album
0: yeah i agree I, I think that when you get concept albums right it's always that thing of you've got to have a single and you have a single and yeah like it's like taking a paragraph out of a story and it could be a really good paragraph or a really good chapter that's very mm. intense or like it's just well structured and you can read it and go, oh, this is brilliant. And you go, yeah. Now imagine that with the rest of the book. Yeah. <laughs> What's that going to sound like? You know, like take a scene out of Jaws, for example, mm-hmm. and you go, oh, this is a brilliant scene. And you go, yeah. With the rest of the film, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm going to do the same because, again, you are speaking my language, Sarah. This is literally what I do every time I get a band. <laughs> or even if I'm going to see a band live that I haven't seen for a while, mm-hmm. I will just start from the beginning. Yeah. Um. And I love I love what you said about the progression. Yeah, because especially for a band like this, right, where they're progressive and they're trying new things, Mm. that must be such a treat just to listen through and just hear them playing with certain things and kind of you like you said, you can hear what sticks and what doesn't, Mm
1: -hmm. and -hmm. then just sort of
0: hear that get refined more and more over time.
1: Yeah, completely. And I don't. Have have you listened to much of their like super early stuff, like sixties, like late sixties stuff? No, no. Uh, you're in for a treat <laughs> it's very <laughs> okay. it's very very different and i came to that stuff later so by the time i arrived at that point in my pink Floyd journey i'd already listened mm-hmm. to like quite a bit i think i was concentrating on kind of like 70s and later period first and then uh-huh. i don't know if it was one of one of my uncles or, or someone was just like oh have you listened to to the earlier stuff as well and i was like well now i got it mm. um and it's very it's very very different it's a completely different sound like you listen to some of the tracks and you're like this doesn't even sound like pink floyd but it's very it's very interesting a lot of it's quite like whimsical and very 60s and very mm. psychedelic and prog so it's it's a lot of fun but yeah
0: yeah i i can imagine yeah there's quite a lot of stuff made under the influence of uh <laughs> Certain substances, shall we say?
1: Yeah, just listen to a song—the the, um, closing track on *Piper at the Gates of Dawn*, uh, a song called *Bike*. That's uh <laughs>
0: okay. its a great
1: song, but it, it makes no sense. It's like, okay, what's the Beatles' *Octopus Garden*? It's like it's like that. Levels of kind of like nonsense right. lyrics okay. that just don't yeah. mean anything, and yeah, mm. clearly having a groovy time in the sixties <laughs> is <laughs> what they were doing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so walk me through some of this then when it when it comes to the breakup because again, I'm familiar with this uh that that aspect of their story, Mm. but I hadn't realised when that happened or sort of what the fallout was because I know it gets a bit hazy after that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it was uh quite a a messy breakup, (laughs) I think, Mm. and it's sort of um a bit of a clash of of personalities because I mean both dave gilmore and and roger waters sort of do the the singing and what you notice when you listen to them from sort of like beginning to end is a lot of the tracks go from predominantly dave gilmore doing the vocals to roger waters doing the vocals um and i Mm. think there was just there was just a little bit of kind of friction going on there and the Mm. wall is very much like roger waters's baby like it's it's his kind of concept and obviously the other band members involved as well. But I think it was this sort of having a little too much like control kind of egos getting in the way as they so often do um, in bands as well. And and sort of the other band members being like, well, you know, are we a group or are we like Roger Waters backing band or something? So it was, yeah. And in, um, I think it was after the wall tour um the uh rick wright the keyboard player he left um mm. and then so the final cut is just three of them and then after mm. that <clears throat> excuse me after that roger waters kind of went off did his own thing rick wright came back and then pink floyd as the name was dave gilmore rick wright and nick mason um okay. and roger waters was sort of doing his his solo thing but mm-hmm. yeah Uh, yeah a bit messy (laughs) in terms of like who had the who had the right to like use the name and stuff as well yeah arguing over that and yeah they've i think only once like come back together and and performed which was 2005 i think for live eight um oh wow okay which is their sort of live aid sequel i guess (laughs) want to call it that Uh, a big concert and they performed um i think four or five songs at that and that's the i think that's the only time since um Mm. yeah the wall era that they've all performed together they've kind of made like guest appearances every now and again on on tours and and cropped up in each other's shows and stuff but yeah and obviously like
0: Mm. now
1: they're not all around as well so yeah it's uh no longer possible now for sort of like the the core four members to to all perform together again so
0: okay and they didn't make any of these albums that followed the um, final cut things and there's a couple here
1: yeah so from momentary lapse of reason onwards Mm -hmm. um roger waters is not part of the band so yeah Uh, so final cut was the last one that he was on um rick wright was not on that one he came back and yeah, it's, it's quite complicated, but if you, you wanted go. to do some extra reading, which I imagine you do, I mm-hmm. um, would recommend um, the drummer, Nick Mason. He wrote a book called Inside Out um, and that's I've like heard a of this. Yeah. comprehensive like, history of Pink Floyd. It's been a long time since I've read it. So my memory of some of the history is a bit hazy, but I remember the book okay. being like very, very good, very worth a read for anyone who likes music and hearing about mm-hmm. how bands come together fall out, get back together, all that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I have definitely checked that out. Yeah, I, did, I have heard of that. Um, I just, I do find that really interesting, and you sort of think it is a shame, isn't it, when the, they can't sort of agree together and sort of figure it out, and you kind of can't help but think what, what could have been.
1: Yeah, because you know. I, obviously, like, as big a fan as I am of Pink Floyd, I mean, I, starting listening mm. to them in what 2004 it was already over by that (laughs) by that point like so i was like i would never have the chance to to see them live as like the four piece i i watched live eight on tv i remember watching it with my brother i cried through the whole thing because i was just like (laughs) it was as close as i was ever gonna get to seeing like my favorite band perform so it was (laughs) that was like that was real a real sweet spot in terms of like how big my love Mm. of pink floyd was at the time it was 2005 so it was yeah what year two years after i'd actually first started listening to them so that was that was a big moment but then yeah i i have i've seen a couple of uh a couple of them in sort of appearances and and tours and whatnot but yeah i've obviously never got the chance to to see them all together which is sad and never will now unfortunately but yeah
0: yeah remind me who passed again i I forget
1: um so even though he obviously he wasn't part of the band for a long long time but sid barrett died in 2006 and uh rick wright died in 2008
0: that's right yeah so it's um yeah it's just gilmore roger uh sorry gilmore waters and mason left isn't it yeah and as you say no no chance of them uh Reuniting anytime soon, I think. Uh, I understand there's been a little bit of friction recently in media. Yeah,
1: and yeah, they're still not
0: too much, but <laughs> yeah, I think they're just being grumpy old men <laughs> at yeah. this point in their career. Yeah.
1: Which I, as much as I would love. see them live and would possibly sacrifice one of my limbs to do so actually i better not say that because i've broken too many bones (laughs) i
0: was gonna say what have you got any left to give yeah
1: they can have my bad ankle right i don't need it anymore you can have that as much as i would give something very valuable to see them perform live i'm i'm kind of glad that they haven't gone down that sort of cash grab like route of some of the bands where it's sort of like they I get so... I don't know if you're the same as me, but I get so sick of, like, when a band splits up, makes mm-hmm. a big thing about splitting up, and then 10 years later, mm-hmm. it's like, Ooh, we're back. And it's just like... <sighs> I don't know what the point was in, like, having a big... Didn't My Chemical Romance do it recently? Sorry, a very different <laughs> genre of music. No, no, but like fine. I'm sure they, mm-hmm. like, split up and made a big thing about splitting up, and then they've come back and done shows mm-hmm. together and stuff since. And I'm just like, what's the what's the point? Like... <laughs> as exciting I'm, as it is to be like oh i'm mm, gonna see them again but
0: yeah. yeah i don't know i i'm very much somebody who it it, it depends is my mm. answer purely because i think sometimes people can calm down and have a minute a couple of years if they need to take it and then come yeah, back sure. um but i'm with you in that the thing that grates me is when a band says we're definitely done. Yeah. And even, even if they're together or they're split, whatever, they just say, yeah, we're we're not doing anything ever again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then they come back a couple years later and they take up all the festival slots. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a very personal bugbear of mine because <laughs> as someone who likes going to festivals, I'm like, yeah, I want to see someone else headline, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it's like, you know, Ozzy Osbourne wants to go again or the Rolling Stones are back in town. and You're kind of like, Uh, I thought you guys were done. And they're like, no, okay. I mean, someone like Mike came, I'm like, yeah, okay. But even then, I kind of feel like, and this is maybe just, uh, I have no right to make this rule. This is my opinion. (laughs) Bring out something new Mm -hmm. if you're going to do that. I mean, I'm going to throw another completely random one out to you, Sarah. Creed. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I happen to be a fan because I love Lee Guitarist, March and everything Mm -hmm. he's done ever since. But when they came back, it was kind of like, okay but you've also got some really good stuff that's already going are you sure you want to do this again mm. and then they said yeah no we're coming out with an album and you went oh okay and they brought <laughs> it out and it was all right it was a good album mm. and since then they've not done anything and and people keep asking them every five minutes so "Are you gonna do another one you're gonna do?" And, they, and all of them i think i just said yeah if something happens you know if we get in the studio and we think it's worth it we'll do it but they're in no hurry to do a mm. cash grab tour even though they're huge and especially now, right, we're in the age of nostalgia for the early yeah. 2000s, which just feels weird to say, but <laughs> here we are.
1: Ugh, I've never felt so old.
0: <laughs> I know, right? So, you can imagine, genuinely, like, if Creed turned around and said, yeah, we're going to do, like, a European tour or something, mm. they'd sell out, because a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, I want to hear those songs again. But none of those guys are interested, because they're like, yeah, we got other projects we're doing, and we're, <laughs> we don't we don't want to just cash grab. And it's one of the many reasons I respect them. Um, and and suppose, uh, to bring it back to Pink Floyd, I suppose you can look at it through that lens, right? If mm-hmm. like if they're not going to get on, if there's nothing that's actually there for them to work on together and to create, and it's going to be something they really want to do. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't see the point of them, yeah, doing the divorce tour and like mm-hmm. coming back, and we've got bills <laughs> to pay. It's like, a, you're all rich enough, and b, just don't, just don't. If yeah. if, you, if it's not in your heart. Because, again, I, Mark says this all the time on his show. Hey, Mark, if you're listening. <laughs> um, yeah, it, when bands do that and their heart's not in it and it's just the cash grab talk, you can tell. Absolutely. Right? I don't know about you, Sarah, but I've been in the crowd a few times where bands have done that. And it is kind of like, uh, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like hearing this song live, but I'd enjoy it if you actually cared. You know.
1: Yeah, there's a. There's an Ocean of difference between uh, a band mm-hmm. that is performing because they want to do it and they love doing it, and one that is doing it because they feel they have to or they feel like yep. they owe it to the fans, or you know they need to do it mm-hmm. to remain relevant or or whatever yes. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I I kind of think that the ship has sailed in terms of Pink Floyd doing it now. I mean they're all get they're all getting mm-hmm. older as well. Like they're still sort of individually touring so there's opportunities to see them and between them Mm. they they play a lot of like the older songs live still so you can you can still see those songs that you love like yes it's not the same as seeing like the whole band but i i would rather that than sort of like the three of them Mm. that are left kind of go all right like one last (laughs) one last show before we sort of like call it a day i mean I would still buy tickets, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you would judge them for it.
1: <laughs> but I wouldn't be happy
0: about it. <laughs> <laughs> you sit there begrudging for yeah, yeah. two hours, just like
1: my oh, arms yeah, folded, not good. singing along. Yeah, yeah I suppose yeah. it's all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the thing about the solo careers and um and even like the cover banner, I know like Australian Pink Floyd, mm-hmm. for example, were like quite did quite well for yeah. themselves. And um yeah, I know her former guest Richard Oliver. Is a huge Pink Floyd fan. So, mm-hmm. hey, Richard, if you're listening, <laughs> um, I know he's, I think he's seen a couple of them do solo projects mm. and, and yeah, he's talked exactly about what you're talking about, which is they'll bring out the wall or they'll, they'll do a cover from the, you know, that album or something. And it's still good. Mm-hmm. It's still pretty good because obviously they're going to bring good people with them, aren't they? They're not, yeah. they're not going to just bring a bunch of lackeys from the pub. It's going to be guys <laughs> that are professional, mm-hmm. you know, let put it this way. I'm not going to get tapped on the shoulder anytime soon to do a bad rendition of Comfortably Numb. It ain't happening, <laughs> and thank goodness. But there's going to be plenty of guys out there that have got the chops, mm-hmm. and I'd imagine that's pretty satisfying to see. So I take it you've not got around to seeing any of them yet on their solo endeavours or...
1: Yeah, so I've seen, uh, as a full show, I've seen um, Nick Mason. He did um, oh nice. uh, okay. Nick Mason's A Saucer Full of Secrets tour, uh, like pre-pandemic, so it was... <laughs> 2018 i think that's a great name (laughs) it um, is i
0: love that yeah it was
1: at the the roundhouse in london which is a venue that they'd played like in the 60s so that was really cool to sort of like be in that venue and and see them there and it was a lot of like the the old obscure psychedelic weird stuff so i had Mm -hmm the best time i went by myself <laughs> I, it's not that i couldn't find anyone to go with me i just i i don't know money and uh, other things going on that mm. my usual pink floyd buddies couldn't come with but yes yeah, so i went by myself i was by far the youngest person there um and also <laughs> very much in the minority in terms of gender as well so wow, <laughs> there was okay. a lot of a lot of bald uh sort of 50 60 mm. year old dudes and me (laughs) having a wonderful time um no it was it was really really great and i just remember yeah i remember like the the staging and like the lights and everything and you think like it's weird to just go and see like pink Mm. floyd's drummer um you wouldn't think it would be a particularly good show but obviously like they had like a full band and everything and um, some of the musicians mm-hmm. that have sort of played on previous Pink Floyd tours and stuff. So um, it was very, very right. well done. It was a really, really good show. Um, if they toured again and I was able to go, then I would absolutely do it again. But yeah, then mm. I had a I had a surprise Dave Gilmore appearance. Um, <laughs> at a, um, have you heard of the band Bombay Bicycle Club?
0: i have yeah yeah
1: so i saw them again i think they've done that sneaky we're breaking up and coming back thing because i Uh, went to their last uh last show and it was also the last ever gig at earl's court um in london in 2014 they've now torn it down and i don't know put a waitrose there or something um (laughs) so (laughs) and then um yeah. So I, I was watching Bombay Bicycle Club and then they they were like, we're going to bring out a special guest. And I was like, oh, cool. Wonder who it's going to be. And they were like, this band played here like many times in the past. And like there's something in the back of my brain going, if yeah. it's Dave Gilmore, I'm probably going to faint. Um, and then, <laughs> and then he came out. I imagined like a whole crowd of people who are there to see Bombay Bicycle Club mm. and who are enjoying that. Some of them have heard of David Gilmore. Some of them don't know who this bald guy is that's walking on the stage. And then there is yeah. me sobbing, <laughs> hyperventilating. <laughs> like, I, I genuinely thought I was going to pass out. And um, they, <laughs> it's quite it's quite a sight. And then they did um they did a a Bombay Bicycle Club song, and I was like, that was great. Like, really enjoyed that. And then I heard the opening notes to "Wish You Were Here," and I. Ooh bald like a baby yeah. <laughs> it was like i remember trying to film it on my phone and my hand was shaking like so much <laughs> so someone i think it was someone else in the crowd just like grabbed my phone and was like i'll film it for you because i wanted to like keep that memory yeah. and like i very much i don't like recording everything at concerts i like to be there and enjoy mm. it but i was like i'm this, this is probably never gonna happen again i am hearing dave gilmore play my favorite song live yep. and i had no mm-hmm. idea this was gonna happen so it was like yeah. it was such an incredible moment i think because i had i been expecting it it would i would have still had a reaction but i don't think <laughs> I don't think it would have been quite the same reaction mm. but yeah it was absolutely incredible i was like no voice by the end of it mm. um i then just had to carry on with the the concert and trying to enjoy Bumping Bicycle Club after that because he literally just he did like he came on did one of their songs then they all played Wish You Were Here and then off he went and I was just like what a what a
0: great moment what a
1: time to be alive
0: that's incredible and I think a bit of a mistake to to not end with that surely like that How, yeah. I don't, I'm like, how do you how do you top that
1: <laughs> by my That's logic yes but I am I I guess mm. the people who were there to see a Bombay Bicycle Club which was me in the beginning but by then no, I, no. by that point I was like I don't care who you
0: are anymore yeah. I'm done
1: see you later <laughs> yeah <laughs> I guess like yeah if, if you're there to see that band and you're waiting for them to do their like their big song last and sure. then off you go but yeah it was it was incredible in terms of like mm. Yeah, being there were other people in the crowd singing along, but no one quite as obnoxiously as me. Mm. So it was like <laughs> my <laughs> personal one woman karaoke to so, so wish you were here.
0: <laughs> but that's amazing. I, I, I'm genuinely, I've been talking about this for an hour, but I'm so pleased for you. Just you telling that story. I'm like, that's great. That's so awesome. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. You got to hear one of your favorite songs. Well, your favorite song by. Your favorite artist, like that's how many people get to say that, you know, is one of those, yeah, definitely one of those incredible moments for sure. Yeah,
1: imagine me breaking that news to to my brother as well. I think I texted him like immediately after it happens, and he was like, "Ah!" "It's like no way!" (laughs) (laughs) I just couldn't believe that it had happened. Was like, "Oh, why didn't I go?" And I was like, "Yeah,
0: well." I know yeah he'd be kicking himself so yeah. I think
1: he probably still is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sorry if you're listening. Yeah. yeah um. He probably will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just watching watching it on YouTube afterwards. It's not the same. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so cool, man. I mean, yeah, I I hope they do more of that stuff. I, I I'm quite down for people like that just doing cameos and popping mm-hmm. up and stuff every now and then. It's yeah. Why not? Yeah. You know.
1: I'd be quite happy if every single gig I went to, one of them just came out and performed. <laughs> like, regardless I mean, of what other show you're at.
0: <laughs> yeah. They've got the pull. I mean, yeah. why not? <laughs> uh, I'm seeing Metallica at Download this year. I would love nothing more if they just stopped mid show and just went, and here's David Gilmore, and we're going to do Comfortably Numb. I'd be like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think the crowd would be angry either. I think you'd kind of be like, Left field, but we're just gonna roll with it. It's fine. Yeah.
1: I think they just they have that they have that musical clout. <laughs> I think that even yeah. if like people aren't super familiar with like every single album, every single song or whatever, right. You hear that name and it's such a memorable band name that if you're like, Oh, that's a member yes. of Pink Floyd, you know that they are one of the the best bands ever, one of the best British bands ever, one of the best bands ever, full stop. So just Absolutely. having that name, I think even now is a name that like people respect like musicians mm-hmm. music fans whatever it's it's one that still holds that same weight i think even after all this
0: this time 100 percent. it's like when paul mccartney shows up or brian mm. may you're just kind of like yep okay i'm down <laughs> you don't you don't you don't question it <laughs> you just let it happen yeah um <laughs> yeah and well learned as well because i mean to talk a bit more about the musicality, you mentioned it earlier, and the fact that this is a progressive band,
1: mm.
0: I mean, anyone, even if you're not the most musical person, I think if you just listen, you can just hear that there's so much skill mm-hmm. and talent in, in these guys, and in, in every single one of them, in what they're doing, right? It's so complex and nuanced and detailed, but also, like I think, just incredibly unique. Mm-hmm. That makes sense in the way that they approach stuff and put things together. I'm always fascinated by guys like this and how they put songs together. I think as someone who you know struggles with time signatures and tempos at the best of times, like <laughs> listening to songs where it suddenly chops and changes halfway through and they just do it seamlessly. And you mm-hmm. kind of think, yeah, there's a reason why you guys are one of the best.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like the each of them like individually is one of if not the best at like what they do and yeah even i mean we have spoken about nick mason as well i think he's just one of the the best drummers so dependable Mm. so good at what he does he's not he's not a john bonham he's not a keith moon kind of really Mm. showy over the top kind of drummer Mm. he's just like is very get the job done but it's such an important I mean, you know, the drummer's always the butt of the jokes, but like they, it's it's an important role. Someone needs to be keeping the rest of them all in time, so and it, he does it, it so perfectly. Yeah,
0: it is the backbone of any good band, and it reminds me of what me and Petros talked about with Steely Dan. It's like sometimes you just got to service the song, mm, you mm-hmm. know. And yeah, you're right. He's he's definitely one of those. You listen to the stuff that he does it's never out of place it's always exactly what the song needs and that takes skill especially for Mm -hmm. a drummer because as you say like you can just be smashy smashy lots of fills have you could do it with any instrument right like you could just say this is my one thing i'm gonna just do this Mm. and the music will fit around me or you just take a bit more of a delicate approach and think what does this song need Mm -hmm. and yeah i think there's serious skill for drummers to do that i mean to be a drummer full stop i think takes a lot of skill so (laughs) you're absolutely right yeah mm. he's definitely definitely up there as one of the best drummers of all time for sure
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah the i mean <laughs> dave gilmore is an incredible guitarist and you know we have spoken about the, mm-hmm. the the particularly memorable guitar solos but again isn't that mm. kind of doesn't sort of have that like guitar showmanship that some other no. guitarists have isn't doing the crazy tricks and smashing the guitar or anything at at Mm. the end i think respects his instrument far too much to want to do that but like every single one of these guys in this band is just doing exactly what they need to do and all working so harmoniously with each other like you listen to these songs and yes there are moments where there's a, a particular um guitar solo or or a drum fill or something where you're like oh it it stands out. You hear it, and it's it sort of stands on its own. But it it's never mm-hmm. trying to like be the center of attention, if that makes sense. Like everything no. just kind of like comes together exactly in in the way that it that it should, and that is doing the best like for that song, for that album, whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. as a whole, it's not like I want to be the the center of attention. I think that's when things started to get like fractious in the band. Was when one person. Mm did want to be that <laughs> and uh, it did okay. start becoming a little bit like the roger waters show um
0: mm.
1: i have a lot of respect for for roger waters i think he is incredibly talented i mean a lot of this band's output wouldn't exist without him so i would never be like he's mm. a monster and he ruined this band because he didn't it's, it's not true but it's like <laughs> i think he at least at a time did kind of let the the ego get yeah, the better of him a little bit i mean still incredibly mm. talented and and you know the the concepts like behind you know particularly the wall is 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 all him and it's it's mm. it's incredible and oh, an album like that long and that dense and that with that sort of thematic content like shouldn't work <laughs> and it does yeah. and it's it's because of him for the most part that it does but yeah it's he was sort of his i guess his own downfall as well really like Mm. obviously incredibly incredibly talented but like steering the band in one particular direction and the rest of the band didn't want it to go in that direction or wanted it to be a bit more sort of like each having their having their say and having their having their role and i guess feeling more and more sort of like being pushed to the sidelines but
0: Mm. Yeah, it happens. It happens, unfortunately, to a lot of bands. And mm. as you say, I think it's that that sort of thing of fame being a bit of a monster, right? Like you mm-hmm. have to try and control that. And yeah, I can imagine as as time goes on and each album gets more and more acclaimed, it's it's easy to let that go to your head and think, yeah. well, I wrote that song, or that song was something I contributed to, and mm-hmm. therefore I'm the one that makes yeah. the successful, <laughs> you know, or maybe it could just be it's like he really felt strongly about certain things you wanted to push but then it's as you say it's it's a balancing act isn't it mm. being in a band i mean I say this to someone who has had very very few experiences in bands but you know <laughs> even the limited experience i have had and just listening to lots of people that have been in really successful ones talk about it that's the impression i get is it that it has to be a little bit like a family like you've just got to all respect one another and get on and communicate and you're going to have disagreements but mm. you know just have a bit of humility and say sorry and move on and it's when people stop doing that that it suddenly starts to crack and yeah it is Mm. a shame isn't it because like you say you can look back over that and think an amazing legacy but you you can't help but wonder what what could have been Mm. um but as we say i mean you've pointed out sarah there's plenty for us to get our teeth into (laughs) if if someone's listening to it like me and you're, you're not too familiar i think sounds like the best way to go is just Start at the beginning, work your way up.
1: Yeah, I. It's. You'll hear some stuff that you don't like, but that's fine. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a real it's a real journey, and it's a very fun yeah. musical journey to 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 go on. And I mean, it's the most recent album was what year did that come out? It wasn't that long ago. Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. Mm. Um. Sort of like a yeah. Ten years since the division bell. I think it was that 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 one came out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even you know, still putting out music relatively recently. I don't think there are any plans to to do any more. I think they're sort of still touring occasionally, but yeah, not really sort of making mm. making new stuff. But I mean, that that album's fine. Uh, it's it's all instrumental apart from one song, um, mm. and. I really wish they'd just made it all instrumental because <laughs> it, <laughs> it really, it really smacks of like, we need something that they can play on the radio and that's not Pink Floyd. Never right. has been, never will be. <laughs> so yeah. I was quite upset yeah. by that. Like when I, obviously I was excited 2014, I was like, well, a new album to listen to. So I remember listening to it, buying it, bought a CD special edition, everything when it came out. Um, and listening, listening to it all the way through. And I, just i remember yeah get into that the the, the one track that's got vocals and that just i i didn't like it <laughs> it was mm. just kind of like oh we have to put this on there so so we've got something that people can i don't know sing along to or something that we can put out as a single and it just mm. yeah i don't know wasn't wasn't a fan of that but But
0: well, the rest of it decent enough
1: the rest of it not too bad <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh i'm glad to hear it i'm glad to hear it um was there anything else you wanted to talk about with this, Eric? So we've gone all over the map, um, which you know I love doing on this <laughs> on this show, and I feel like I've gotten a whole of appreciation for these guys. I definitely am going to dive through it, as I said. Mm. Uh, but yeah, is there anything else you wanted to bring up or sort of had in your notes?
1: Oh, I'll mention uh, something that will will work for for you only uh, in terms of being able to mm-hmm. see it. But I am wearing a
0: yeah Pink Floyd t
1: shirt here um the this nice. t-shirt is um particularly special it is uh was purchased in 1988 from the momentary lapse of reason tour by my Whoa. uncle um and then oh, he that's cool. gave it to me i think for my 18th birthday um i remember him telling me about it i remember him saying like oh, i'm sure i've got my old pink floyd tour t-shirt like in the loft somewhere and like I don't know if I was dropping hints. Well, <laughs> I think I yeah, was. Yeah. I think I was like, "Oh, I'd really love to see it like if you've still got it." Um mm. and then in in my family, like when it gets to 18th birthday, the uh, aunts and uncles stop buying presents for like nieces and nephews. There's got to be a cut off somewhere otherwise it's like yeah, you're buying right. presents until the mm. end of time. So, 18th birthday mm-hmm. was like the last kind of present I was going to get. And I'm pretty sure that's when my uncle gave me this t-shirt. Um and he was like, look after it but like i know that you'll like get more more use and more love out of it than it's sort of sitting in my loft so it's very nice. i'm scared to wash it <laughs> i was a little bit scared <laughs> to put it on today because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's like it's very uh obvious that it is I almost 88 i'll do some quick maths how many years old this t-shirt is i mean it's older than me uh
0: 30 years
1: yeah yeah, I was born ninety-one, 30, so it's
0: thirty-five, thirty-five years. Three
1: years older than me, I think. Two years older. Yeah. So yeah. this T-shirt is older than me, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> basing it on how much I feel like physically, I am falling apart. Um, it's not a surprise <laughs> that this T-shirt is sort of like hanging on by a thread. So right. I don't wash it very often. I don't wear it very often. Um, okay. But whenever I do, I think I wore it to see when I went to see Nick Mason live because I was like. Look at me in my cool like tour t shirt, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's still hanging on. I think I will probably like retire it and frame it at some point. So I was going to say like,
0: yeah,
1: keep it. Yeah. but yeah, it's one of t
0: shirts I do the same with. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think like oh, because I always used like when I used to see bands and stuff, I would always get like a tour t shirt that had kind of like the tour mm-hmm. dates um, and yeah. stuff on it. So even though this was a tour that I wasn't at, obviously because I hadn't been born, um, mm. it's one of my most treasured possessions like i will never get rid of this t-shirt i need to like have it framed and put up on the wall sometimes it does like yeah Mm -hmm. it really really means a lot to me so like for my uncle to give me this was like i don't know if he knows hopefully he'll listen to this he probably will because he loves pink floyd um like how much it meant to like be given this t-shirt i don't it's probably not worth much but like Mm. obviously it's something that, that that he bought when he went to see them and is a band that he loves as well so sort of like passing it on to like the next generation i was like oh it's a very yeah a very very nice thing to do and it's yeah something that i will will treasure always so yeah i was like i have to wear this t-shirt for this pod recording Mm. even though like (laughs) no one is gonna see the visual of this at all (laughs) like this is for harley's benefit only but i can tell the story about the t-shirt at least
0: (laughs) yes and i greatly appreciate it you know that's yeah (laughs) I appreciate coming dressed to a podcast in appropriate attire. Yeah. I've done it. I yeah. know a bunch of guests that have done it in the past. It's always worth doing.
1: <laughs> I'm, pretty sure I, set, yeah. I'm pretty sure when I came on to talk about Disney, I was probably wearing something Disney related. So feels like something. I, I think you do. were.
0: I think you were actually. I think it was a Disney jumper and I'm pretty sure yeah. we commented on it. So <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for, for bringing that to us. I mean, like I said, I've, have now got more music to go and check out for this year which i'm loving and i mean without spoiling too much in the next coming weeks i have got a few other musical topics i think coming up so (laughs) that should be interesting i'm gonna be quite busy this summer but yeah Mm -hmm. it's all good it's all good so i guess to take us home for the people who maybe haven't heard your previous episodes don't already know by now where can they find you
1: uh yeah, so I um I co-host a podcast called Let's Jaws for a Minute. We went minute by minute through Jaws, which is the greatest film ever made. Uh and we're now sort of branching out, covering various other things, other shark films, other Spielberg films, all kinds of fun stuff. Um Harley has been on once? Twice? Once. Twice. I
0: wanna say twice. Yeah, I think it was yeah. twice. I feel like yeah. it's been
1: twice and we'll probably be on again at some point, let's face it. Um <laughs> I hope so.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> don't worry. There'll be an invite coming your way. Uh, a certain nice. Jurassic Park, I feel like you have already put your name down for. Uh, I
0: have, yeah. Previous topic ago. of the show as well. So <laughs> well documented, my love of that. But yeah, yeah. anyway, sorry, be really... Yeah,
1: It'll be a while till we get to that point, but something to that's look nice. <laughs> something to look forward to. <laughs> um so yeah, that's called Let's jaws for a minute. You can find that wherever you find your podcasts. Um we're on a, a little bit of a, a hiatus at the moment, but should hopefully be back with regular episodes soon. But there's a like hundred hours of me talking about Jaws. So, you know, there's plenty to go back into. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, thank you so much there, Sarah. I'll be putting links into it. Uh, yeah, if people don't already know, it is a great podcast. Yeah, have the privilege to come on a couple of times, you say. <laughs> Would highly recommend it and do highly recommend it to anyone who listens really so yeah thanks very much and i guess what's left to say is um i've done this again jeez i've done (laughs) this last time i keep rambling (laughs) and there we have it one day i'll learn how to close an episode out properly thanks anyway sarah for coming on to the episode and sharing your love of this incredible band i had an absolute blast talking with you once again and have been really enjoying myself going through all of the back catalog of Pink Floyd, which of course I recommend that you do as well, dear listener. You should of course go and check out Sarah's incredible podcast, Let's Jaws, for a minute. As I said there at the end of the episode, I've had the privilege of guesting on it twice, technically three times in a very unique capacity. So you'll have to just go and check that out to find out what on earth I'm talking about. But in any case, it is a wonderful podcast that is well worth your time. As I have said many times before on this podcast when I've had the privilege of hosting either Sarah or her co-host MJ, it really is a perfect podcast to jump onto from this very podcast. I mean, Jaws was a previous topic, you've got two wonderful hosts that have been guests on this podcast, and I have guested on the podcast myself, so there are many reasons for you to go and check out that podcast. Links are in the show notes, as per usual. A massive thank you to you for listening to this episode. If this is your first time listening to Fundamentals, well, thank you so much for jumping on board. There are over 80 episodes now for you to go and listen to, some of which feature Sarah, as I said before, if you want a nice jumping off point, but there are plenty of other wonderful guests that I've had on this podcast, featuring a really unique set of topics, if I do say so myself. If you are a long time supporter of this podcast, well, then I am eternally grateful to you for sticking with me on this. There are a few simple ways to go a little bit further in supporting this podcast if you would please consider them because I would greatly appreciate your help. The first one is free and it's easy, it's just to tell somebody. I really don't mind how you go about doing that, whether it's word of mouth, whether it's social media, email blasts, carrier pigeons if you're feeling nostalgic. I honestly don't mind how you do it, but word of mouth really is the lifeblood of podcasts such as this one so please make sure that you go and tell somebody you can also go and leave five star reviews on your favorite podcatchers as well those do help and if you are kind enough to do so then please do let me know because I would love to give you a massive shout of praise on the very next episode of the podcast And finally, if you're feeling generous and you wanna go and donate to the podcast or pick up some merchandise featuring the fantastic artwork designed by one Alex Jenkins, then you can of course go to the show notes where there are links for that as well. Right, that's enough from me. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode featuring a brand new guest and topic. And as a fun twist, I actually don't know what it's going to be purely because I have two lined up and I'm debating which one to do first. But I guess we'll just have to come back next week to find out. So until then, take good care of yourselves. Go and listen to Pink Floyd. Go and listen to Let's Jaws for a minute. And I'll meet you right back here for another episode of the podcast. Take care.